Um, I suppose I don't have time to get another cup of char now, do I? Uh, no, no, no. Mind you, I, I, I found myself reading words I never thought I'd read uh, earlier this week. Um, it was, uh, the firmware on your mug is now up to date. <laughs> You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are listening to us from. Welcome to Host Unknown Podcast. Mr. Malik, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, glad it's Friday. Looking forward to sleeping for two days, actually. Did you just have to force yourself to say, glad it's Friday? No, no. It's so forced. Mr. Malik, how are you? Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I tell you what was happening. I was typing something. I was looking for something while the sweeper was going on, and then he broke. <laughs> I muted my mic because I know you hate my <laughs> clickety clacky keyboard, your mechanical keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so I started replying, and I realised I was on mute. So then I had to unmute myself and take another breath and say, "Glad it's Friday, guys." <laughs> Okay, objection I thought, I thought you broke wind halfway through. You know. <laughs> oh, dear. So what have you been up to, mate? Uh, just, I don't know, man. It's very busy, <laughs> but I just don't know. It's, everything's a haze. You know when you get so busy that you just are on a roll and uh, you, you just feel like you're constantly delivering stuff either for work or the kids or the wife or, you know, it's uh, just a never-ending treadmill. But But it's good in a way. I, I, I talk to friends who have been on furlough since last year or they've been out of work, for instance, oh, last geez. year, and, and I am very happy that I am yeah. in this situation. We were saying this just before, weren't we? It's like you were sort of bemoaning the fact of how busy we were and all that sort of thing. And you think, this is not something to be complaining about right now. I mean, yeah, obviously, mental health, all that is really important. But... Really, yeah, you know, fortunate if you if you've got work and an income and all that sort of stuff, um, you know, it's it's pretty good. Life's pretty good given what we've just gone through. Just uh, on that, so friends that were on furlough, are any of them in the security industry? No, yeah, okay. I, I don't know anyone that's in, in in security that's on furlough. Not saying that there aren't people that might have lost no, it. yeah that's what I was just wondering how uh... early on I, I knew of some um in the sort of sales environment um uh, but they were furloughed for like you know two days of the week or something like that they weren't all in this country it was a different sort of government schemes yeah you know and I think that was more a sort of uh cash flow protection. Uh, more than it, yeah, there's a lot of uh, companies are very quick to react to uh, proactive oh, sh- cash flow protection measures. <coughs> aren't they? I know, yeah, uh, yeah, there were some companies that went on, uh, you know, twenty five percent pay uh, pay cut or you know, or twenty percent pay cut. Yeah, I know, I know people exactly. I know uh, teams of people that, that that happened to. You know, literally, we still want you coming in five days a week, but you're going to only earn eighty percent of the money. It's like, yeah, but you still not, got a job. Yeah, exactly. It's it that quid pro quo is not really there, is it? You know, if you're going to do that, at least accept the fact that actually most people would still put in five days' work over those four days. You know, and and then let them have that day at a time when they might need it most to be with their families. Anyway, this is uh, you know, welcome to host un unknown in you know, a pandemic review. 
so barely 12 uh, months on we still hadn't gone into lockdown at this point last uh, last year no not quite had we no, was it 12 another week uh, 23rd officially went into was lockdown. it as late as the 23rd it was <laughs> so at this point this time last year um, there was actually a funny headline which was um, coronavirus conference gets cancelled due to coronavirus uh, <laughs> <laughs> also Bloomberg did that uh, so I was looking through, you know, like one year ago on my uh, phone. And uh, yeah, at, at this point, the UK didn't still hadn't locked down. They were looking to contain or delay it until the summer. when We they were could... quite late to the game, weren't we? Yeah. That, that old herd mentality. The uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that plan didn't work. Herd, herd, no, herd immunity, not herd, herd immunity. mentality. <laughs> herd menta- Get the pitchforks out. I want yeah. herd mentality. <laughs> <laughs> That's... <laughs> Now you're confusing the government with Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Although both about as effective. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand got it right. They, they, you know, they, they've had a number of their sort of you know massive stadiums filled up in the last three to four months, haven't they? They, they completely got it right. Yeah, yeah. but you know, then, then again, I say like it's it's a bit easier when you're on the the arse end of the planet and <laughs> and you're not a major hub where. The hot, where most of the world travels through to get uh, or, or resides in, yeah. I think it's 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 uh, not a, not a completely accurate. Um, I, th- I think comparison. there's elements elements of that are very very true. I, I, I think I, obviously I think more could have been done. But uh, Andy, how are you? Uh, good, not too bad. I did see uh, some exciting news, uh, obviously, and I don't think anyone would be surprised to know that Host Unknown was linked with the news story which has dominated the world news services this week. Really? Ooh. It is a story of royal proportions, no less. Well, obviously. I mean, um, you know, our, my knighthood's obviously in the making. You know, it's just a matter of time, really. Yeah. So this uh, broke, uh, and, and Tom, this is actually one that you caught on the 8th uh, of yes. March. Oh, uh, yes. And, you know, when you actually look at it, it's right there in black and white. We are clearly linked. Uh, you know, in what's that, like the top line, we're in the first two lines of this story about, um, you know, former... Uh, former royal <laughs> addition to the family, uh, Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the headline is actually Bethany Frankel mocks Meghan Markle for supposedly suffering at the palace. And he says, cry me a river. So this is from Celebrity Insider. And in response, Frankel wrote, cry me a river. The plight of being a game show host, unknown actress, to suffering in the palace with tiaras and a seven figures. <laughs> we make the news. We so make we the news. <laughs> a very big story we made this week. Um, we are up there. We I tell you what, my, my Google alerts are on point. <laughs> they are absolutely, absolutely nothing wrong with that one. AI, AI will take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take over the celebrity pages of hello. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> what have we come up? What have we got coming up for you today? We've got uh, this week in Infosec, Tweet of the Week, Billy Big Balls, Rant of the Week, Industry News. Um, unfortunately, as part of uh, the outstanding settlement agreement, there will no be no more little people in the foreseeable future. Yeah, that, that's AKA the use of clause. But... Yeah, the use of clause. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Yusuf. <laughs> uh, but will we have a sticky pickle of the week? We will have. You will have to wait until the very end of the show. I'm afraid you've got 50 minutes of these blithering idiots uh, to get through. First of all, but why don't we move straight on to this week in InfoSec. Well, I love that intro to that one. Um, so this is the part of the show where we take a brief stroll down memory lane and talk of events of yesteryear uh, with the benefit of hindsight. So the content here is inspired by the Today in InfoSec Twitter account and embellished by us. <laughs> so I'm just trying out new taglines here. Don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I like the inspired by because yeah. they've not been doing anything to their Twitter account, have they? No, it's it's been it's been slow. It's famine time, and I think they're on furlough, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, just before I go into the stories this week, I should issue a correction, uh, and it won't be a trend because we'd spend more time on corrections in content uh, if we did. Uh, but friend of the show and sometimes my alternate identity, Mr. Quentin Taylor. Uh, pointed out that uh, something I said last week about the Zone H mirror uh, is actually very much still running. And I gave out factually inaccurate information last week uh, by saying it hadn't been updated for five or six uh, years. You just um, hadn't looked at it well, for five or six well, years. Well, I mean, the, the intern made a mistake. Uh, you know, as soon as I was notified, I took steps to make sure that it didn't happen again. How, how, that, slipped no through our, how, how that slipped through our, our army of fact checkers, I have no idea. <laughs> but, but we're grateful for friends like Quinton. Yeah, uh, yeah. so thank you, Mr. Taylor. Uh, you win the prize for that deliberate mistake that I put in. Um, so if you ping me your address via wire and I'll send you three of the finest Cadbury's Tiffin bars for uh, you and the family to enjoy prior to St. Patrick's Day. Nice. Uh, nice. So anyway, I, I found a mistake in that case. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, by default, it, like everything's a mistake. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a deliberate one, though. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right, I see. That, that's, that's the trick. Subtle difference. Yeah, so this uh, first story is going back. We're talking Michelangelo madness, uh, and we're going back a meagre 30 years on this one. Um, so the Michelangelo virus was first found in early 1991. Um, and funny enough, in New Zealand, as, as we were just mentioning, uh, you know, so not only do they have Mordor and, uh, you know, that the Orc armies contend with, they've got this uh, virus um, early 90s. Uh, so the Michelangelo virus is a typical sort of uh, infector of diskette boot records uh, and the master boot record of hard disks with one special exception. So with this virus, if an infected system booted on the 6th of March, uh, you know, any year, the Michelangelo virus would overwrite parts of the hard disk with random data. Uh, and that would then render the hard disk, uh, you know, inaccessible. You know, you lose all that information. Uh, so the virus was named Michelangelo not because of, you know, anything in particular about the, the virus, other than the fact that one of the first people to analyze it noticed that it actually activated on Michelangelo's birthday. Uh, um, so therefore, you know, the name stuck because, you know, how they named things back in the day. Um, so anyway, you know, we were slower back then about these viruses. So we knew this thing had been around, you know, 1991. So the second year came along, uh, you know, where this was, uh, you know, going to get notoriety. So 6th of March 1992 was approaching. And in the weeks that preceded that, there was this... Um, 
like explosion of inter interaction between like the media and the the antivirus industry, uh, and the Michelangelo virus actually became a major news event. Um, so there were stories warning about you know the destructive potential of this virus and how it's going to bring the world to a stop. Uh, it was broadcast on major TV networks. Uh, you know, articles started uh, appearing in mainstream newspapers, things like that. Um, so as the, you know, the date was approaching, think like this is probably a preview to what, uh, you know, the millennium bug was was looking like when it came comes to hysteria. Um, so the predictions of the number of systems that be wiped out grew to the hundreds and thousands and into the millions. And then, you know, the whole world was going to collapse. And there were that many computers back then. <laughs> Well, there were, and so this is the uh, funny thing. So there was a guy called John McAfee who claimed that not only was Never Michelangelo the third most common computer virus, um, but he predicted that up to 5 million PCs would be hit on Michelangelo Day. Uh, and so that story was then obviously, you know, taken as verbatim and, and hit all the the news <laughs> news uh, news wise people went out and bought uh, McAfee's uh, <laughs> well and that's software. it yeah and, and that's it so for anyone that doesn't know John McAfee um you know he's not the sort of dubious uh, you know libertarian crypto loving presidential candidate uh, that sometimes goes on the run uh, you know currently Hides in, in a hole. prison yeah <laughs> uh, but he was actually at the time considered to be one of the USA's leading ex- experts um, you know, on computer viruses. So, you know, what he said did actually, um, you know, make sense. And, and you know, it was such innocent times back in 92. Uh, <laughs> you know, why wouldn't you believe the experts? Uh, so I got three of the headlines from that day. Uh, so USA Today, you know, front page, thousands of PCs could crash on Friday. Uh, you know, the Washington Post says deadly virus set to wreak havoc tomorrow. Uh, Los Angeles Times just says paint it scary. Uh, yeah, not sure about that one. Uh, so CNN sent a film crew to the McAfee offices, hoping to catch this disaster on camera. <laughs> okay, and then what I love about this is not to be outdone by our American media cousins, the UK's very own flagship news program called Newsround. For those of those uh, you know, John Craven's yeah. Newsround, <laughs> they sent a news crew to the offices of a company called SNS International, who were the developers of Dr. Solomon's antivirus. Oh, I was going Would that. you know, like there was a, at the time in 1992, there was a middle-aged gentleman by the name of Graham Cluley. No way. Uh, <laughs> who was coding the first Windows version of uh, Dr. Solomon's software. Um, yeah, so this is like major news Was he event. on camera? Have we got? Have we got oh, footage? We don't, I don't have any foot. I don't have footage, unfortunately. But I would love to go through <laughs> I those. I want to archives. see what Graham looked like in his forties. I know it would be great to great to imagine. <laughs> oh, okay, he must have been so young back then. Uh, so so uh, yeah, anyway, you know, long story short, Mar- March the sixth came along, big anticlimax. Um, you know, Michelangelo was found on some systems, um, possibly destroyed data on some of them. Um, but, you know, that, that whole worldwide disaster that was predicted didn't actually happen. Um, but uh, Michael, Michelangelo Madness, as it then became known, did have uh, one big effect uh, on the industry as we know it. Uh, so, you know, because people were worried about this, the, you know, this widespread damage, they actually went out and bought antivirus software. 
Um, started to make it table stakes. On ma- yeah, and so it, yeah, went out in mass. Apparently, there were stories of lines of people queuing around the block waiting to buy <laughs> buy uh, buy copies of it. Uh, and uh, almost overnight, uh, McAfee became you know the market leader. Um, you know, so at the time, March sixth, nineteen ninety two, the only winners from Michelangelo were the antivirus companies. Yeah, um, and I'm sure it was entirely coincidental that McAfee. Uh, the company that later went public um, uh, IPO <laughs> later later in the year uh, in October of 1992. I was always a Dr. Solomon's person, even in my sort of first IT manager role. Yeah, that's more of the European. Dr. Solomon's uh, was definitely my thing. Oh, that's it. Did something just get updated? I see a picture of a young Graham Cluley. <laughs> he looks exactly the same. Hey, that's uh, that's uh, not it. no. So, Jav, this is uh, twenty. That's got to be recent. That, that's twenty years after what we're talking oh, I'm about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was. He, he made mention of his appearance on Newsround, and uh, that was the first. But I'm sure if we follow the links, we we'll find. We'll something. get there eventually. But yeah. that's the other thing. You know, the internet wasn't actually that widely accessible. You know, in the early '90s. So this is still people that you know had a computer at home. That were likely taking documents from the office back home to work on them, then back on a floppy again. disk. On a floppy disk, yeah, exactly. Um, but which the other thing, floppy, which which, which were hard. <laughs> yeah. The the other thing I did like about this uh, story was, um, you know, just that link with McAfee talking a load of crap and then profiting from it. Uh, and I'm just saying, you know, the guy that's currently in Spain awaiting extradition <laughs> for tax evasion, uh, you know, is accused of pump and dump schemes where he's bought larger numbers of um, publicly traded coins uh, and promoted them on Twitter uh, and then sold them for a profit. So I'm just saying 30 years apart, you know, there's, not, drugs, much new, kids. there's not much new stuff in the uh, in InfoSec. So yeah, Excellent. That's, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. And the other one is actually uh, it was a smaller, uh, a smaller story. So this uh, taking us back to just two thousand and three. So a mere eighteen years ago uh, this week, uh, a send mail remote buffer overflow vulnerability was made public, um, which was discovered by ISS, like the Internet Security Scanner, two months prior. Um, and as soon as it was made public, the exploit code was uh, released within 24 hours. Uh, and that was in 2003. And again, looking at this, you know, at the time, SendMail, the most widespread SMTP server in use, uh, was one of the, uh, this article, you know, sort of says it was one of the cornerstones of the internet. Uh, so any flaw that affects really? SendMail has major security implications. So see how this newly discovered buffer overflow can allow for remote exploit of SendMail. And here we are, uh, 18 years later, you know, kicking off the week with the news that Exchange has got these major vulnerabilities. Yeah. Uh, you know, Exchange is one of the most widespread mail servers in use. Um, once again, proving that uh, there is no new stuff in InfoSec. But it's it, it's the on-prem, isn't it? Of uh, it's the it is the on-prem exchange. of uh, Exchange, yeah, yeah, which lots so, of people still have. You know, they do link with um, uh, you know both on-prem and and uh, yeah. Prem. There's a lot of hybrid out there, and there's also just a lot of companies that won't fix it if it ain't broken. No, exactly. A lot of smaller companies as well that uh, depend on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So oh, every, very good. everything old is new yeah. and everything new is old. Uh, Thank you yes. so much for that, Andy. Uh, very good, yeah. Thank you. 
This week in InfoSec. Excellent. Thank you very much. Right, let's move straight on, although we didn't stay quite as long on that as we did last week. Uh, but let's uh, move straight on to this week's... Listen up! Rant of the week. It's time to mother rage! Yes, this is me. And this isn't so much of a rant, but I think... It is a rant. It's a rant about nepotism. It is, it is, whatever that means. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know much about trainers, or sorry, uh, for our American view, uh, listeners, sneakers. But apparently they are big, big business, especially with like limited editions coming out and, you know, what have you. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's apparently a multi-million, if not billion, sort of dollar industry um, at, at the moment. So, um, you know, people, they try to buy stuff and sell them all the time. And there's a 19-year-old entrepreneur from Portland uh, known as West Coast Joe. And uh, he runs the West Coast Streetwear account uh, on Instagram. And uh, he started his business back in high school selling limited edition drops dead stock and establishes a Discord channel to share his unique knowledge of Nike sales schedules, sales locations, and more. Um, now, his success caught the eye of a, um, a reporter at Bloomberg. Uh, the fame and fortune got to Joe's head, and he agreed to this interview with, uh, with, with the reporter. And uh, he was so keen to please the reporter, and I'm sure the reporter had some good tactics, um, that he sent through his uh, American Express statement to demonstrate the company's revenue. Now, the name on the card wasn't actually Joe's. It was his mother's, who was Anne Herbert, uh, the VP and GM of Nike's North American market. Ooh. <laughs> so Ooh. the reporter reached out, said, uh, let's discuss the relationship with your mum. And he gets on his knees and begs him not to disclose the information and ceases communication. Um, the article gets published and Herbert subsequently resigns days after the publication uh, where they outline the story. <laughs> oh, so, you know, this does seem sketchy. Um, yes. You know, actually, Nike has... Uh, an employee online store where they get discounts for for their products, but they they, they have a code of conduct that's and the first line is it do not resell, um, you know, and, and then they go on to say that you know as a Nike uh, employee you may learn off um, business opportunities or you know what have you that may be a benefit to Nike, but don't don't take advantage of it, you know, and to benefit you or, or uh, and your and your loved ones. So the question arises is, how was a Nike VP able to set up uh, a company with her son's name? How was she, uh, how was her son able to gain exclusive information? Information that allegedly, according to the statements, uh, let him bring in as much as six hundred thousand dollars a month. 
A month? A month. <laughs> How do you Jeez. get hold of that much stock without raising a flag inside a Nike? Well, you know, there, there was two things that were going on. Uh, one is he had some knowledge of where some of these items were being shipped to. And he was using bots to get in there quickly and buy them very, um, you know, straight out the bat. The the second part is he set up a Discord channel where he was selling information to the masses, saying, sign up and I'll teach you how you can become a, a sneaker billionaire. Oh, and people I were... hate those things. Yeah, so many exactly. people are doing that. They're like, oh, become a millionaire overnight by drop shipping. Like, you know, you sit back on your beach. All you do is set up these Alibaba accounts and, you know, just put up a shop front. Uh, yeah, it's yeah frustrating. Because yeah, if everyone sounds could do like it, everyone would been, be a millionaire. Sounds like you've been stung, Andy. <laughs> Joe, unfortunately, <laughs> I have. So, you know, like I'm part of like, the whole Nextdoor app, uh, you know, so I can see my neighborhood and stuff like that. And sometimes I see these scams that go around. Um, you know, when people say, hey, has anyone had this? And like, I got bitter very early on in my life when um must have been like maybe 11 or 12 and, uh, you know, walking down the, the high street. Uh, you became it, bitter at 11 or 12. Yeah. So this, this <laughs> car pulled up. a lot. But, you know, this car pulled up and uh, this guy was like, you know, to me and my mate, it's like, oh, it's like you know, guys, he said, uh you know, showed his this ID worked for uh, whatever H Samuel or something. You know, whatever jewelers it was at the time. And he said, uh, you know, I worked. And he goes, yeah, because I got some extra stock. Uh, he goes, you know, he goes, but I don't want to take it back. He's like, you know, do you want to buy it? And he's like, you know, it's all genuine gold. And you know, and absolutely believe that crap as well. And uh, so it must be like maybe like twelve years old. I bought this gold bracelet for uh, all the money I had, which was like twelve pounds at the time. Uh, and my mate did the same as well, like, you know, 12 pounds. Both got these uh, gold bracelets. They were really weighty and stuff. Um, and then, you know, wearing it through the day, thinking we're looking cool. And then, you know, I got home that night and, um, yeah, it kind of went green in the bath. Uh, you know, and it's just, you realize it's one of those common scams. So since then, uh, yeah, I mean, I've just, I get really annoyed when people say, do this, it's that easy because, you know, they're the only yeah. ones making money. Uh, so I have an instant dislike for any of those things. So today I learnt that matey bubble bath turns gold green. <laughs> <laughs> Can you still get matey? <laughs> I have got a bottle of it in my bathroom now. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love a bit of matey. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this, I mean, Discord's one of those things that is actually, you know, it's another one of these channels. I don't think the the work's different in terms of what he's doing to make money. Uh, you know, it, it's been around for the ages. It's just the different channels that people are using to to yeah. promote these days, aren't they? Just That's different it. audiences. That's it. That's it. I, I, I think the, the two things that got me in the story, I think one is pretty clear. The other one is, is not so much. The one is pretty clear that, you know, insider knowledge is a bad thing you shouldn't you be using it to to make make money i think most people agree with that the the second part is really about the legality or the uh how ethical it is to use bots to to buy stuff and i, I my immediate reaction was oh it's it's kind of like you know you remember back in the days of ebay when before you could automatically set your highest bidding and everything 
you had to be on there and put bids in on the last second. And then you yeah. realized some people were using bots and that would infuriate you. But, um, you know, I, I get it when you're uh, using a bot against other people or, or what have you, it can be a bit frustrating. But, you know, with all this talk of machine learning and artificial intelligence and automation and orchestration and all those kinds of things, um, you know, from a business perspective, you, they're always using bot technology to a degree to be more efficient. Um, so why can't the average person use bots to be more efficient? And, uh, you know, we, we can always come up with arguments here or there about how ethical it is or not. But I think we we, we need to come to some sort of agreement as to, like, is this technology that is super automation only allowed for the privileged few and everyone else you have to make do with well, if you want to automate your lights and your heating at home, that's okay. But if you want to take it any, beyond that, then then no, we're going to look down on you. So I, I just yeah. thought that was an interesting sort of angle that came out through the story. It has elements of the um, uh, the GameStop uh, scandal that's going on at the moment. Yes. Oh, yeah, where, where the yes. big companies are allowed to short places. But if the, yeah. if the general public do it, it, uh, it needs investigating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That nothing illegal was done, as yeah. such. As far as I understand, I don't. I don't know the, the story fully, but nothing illegal was done. It's just a group of people decided to help out a company that was um, an integral part of their growing up. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah. Um, and saw that it was you know plummeting and potentially going out of business, and then you know, and basically decided to put confidence back into that company by by <laughs> buying money. By, sorry, by buying shares. And isn't that what the market is about confidence? <laughs> exactly. You I did know? like Blockbuster's uh, tweet where, you know, after that game stopped, <laughs> they're like, hey, Reddit, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that actually Blockbuster? No, it was a fake one. Uh, <laughs> it was it's funny. Just, that, yeah, yeah. Do you know there is still one Blockbuster store open? Yes. Yeah. The last think, one. Yeah. The last one. And in fact... In a in a final, well, I'm gonna say in a final kind of fuck you moment, there is a Netflix documentary about it. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix, who offered to um, offered themselves to Blockbuster back in the early days, and Blockbuster said, "No, you're right, mate." Wow, it's like Eric Bischoff turning up on Raw. Sorry, we, we did say we were going to uh, pop quiz you this week, Tom, on uh, your wrestling, <laughs> your how about, wrestling how about, education. How about we finish this one? How about we finish this rant of the week, and then we'll um, uh, yeah. then we'll go on to the pop quiz, shall we? Okay. Well, well on your point about confidence, uh, people can also build confidence in Host Unknown uh, through our sponsorship packages that are available on our site. Reach out hostunknown.tv. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> sponsorship starts from as little as a pound. <laughs> <laughs> but if a million of you all get together and put in a pound <laughs> there you go there you go rant of the week <laughs> the host unknown podcast orally delivering the warm and fuzzy feeling you get when you pee yourself <sighs> i would forgotten about that one <laughs> 
Oh dear. So I mean, I didn't actually have anything. So tell me, in your own words, uh, you got thirty seconds. Tell me what the Montreal screw job was. That's uh, the the, the family friendly version. Okay, that's 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 a cocktail, isn't it? <laughs> right, do you know, I, we, we try and educate you. Like we take time out of our weekend to educate you, send you YouTube links, commentary, and you're just not. You know, you is can, it, jab, right. you can lead it, a horse to water, right? Is it one of yeah. those? Is it one of those spin-off films from the Cannonball Run, <laughs> <laughs> or the Italian Job, something like that? Oh, I don't know. Dear. All right, oh, next, dear. I got that one right. I nailed that one. Next, <laughs> I, d- I don't know. I'm out, Jeff. Like, <laughs> You're where, out. Where, where do I we go? I thought you guys there? knew your stuff. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to give him a pop quiz. One question later. Okay. I'm who, out. Who did? Mark Henry defeat to win his first world championship. Cassius Clay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. How about this? I'll make it easier. What sport was Mark Henry involved in before? Olympic sport was he part of before joining wrestling? Uh, The 1924 chess team. (laughs) Chess was an Olympic sport in the 20s. You remember it well, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Graham told me about it. (laughs) Yeah, we we better move on. I don't think you're going to get anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Uh, It's uh, time for me to do this week's... So it has been mentioned to us that... uh, Billy Big Balls might be alienating, you know, a you know roughly half of our audience. When <clears throat> actually we're not obviously talking about actual balls; it's more sort of metaphorical balls. Yeah, um, cojones. And, yeah, cojones. I th- yeah, that's a good term. I mean, although cojones does just mean balls, but I think in the in the um, in the, in the vernacular, I think cojones does mean metaphorical balls, doesn't it? Yeah, but if anyone uh, objects to that, we can then turn on them and say they're being racist. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Top Gear have got nothing on us. Anyway, so this Billy Big Balls goes to a um, uh, a lawyer in is it uh, Michigan? I think something like that. A lawyer. And she was cross-examining um, a witness in a case, and it was all on Zoom. And this was this is this is where it kind of, if you watch the uh, the YouTube, and we've got the link in the show notes. It's about twenty-five minutes long. You want to start at about six minutes thirty, um, and you probably don't need to see it all the way through to the end. But it plays out a bit like a TV show. It really does. And so there was this virtual preliminary examination that was interrupted after um, the defendant, who was also on screen, uh, was found to be at the same home as the alleged victim of of the assault. Uh, So uh, this chap, Kobe James Harris, he'd gone before the court, accused of assault with intent to commit bodily harm, less than murder, blah, 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 uh, stemming from an incident in February. About seven minutes into the proceedings, uh, hence why I said six minutes 30, <laughs> Deborah Davis, uh, who's the assistant and who is this week's Billy Big Balls of the week, um, 
assistant to the prosecuting attorney and representing Lindsay, the, the woman who had been attacked, said she believed Lindsay and Harris were in close proximity during the live stream based on Lindsay's answers and her, and her body language. And to, and to quote, this is exactly what she says. She says, Your Honour, I have reason to believe that the defendant is in the same apartment as the complaining witness right now, and I'm extremely scared for her safety. Davis said... The fact that she's looking off to the side and he's moving around, I want some confirmation that she's safe before we continue. She was asked where um, the the, uh, witness was asked where she was at the moment. Uh, I'm at the house, very much hesitating and gave a, you know, a Hatch Street address. Um, The... um, the accused was also then asked to divulge his address and he gave a house number on East Lafayette Street, completely different. Um, he was then asked to go outside and take a, a photograph of his house with his cell phone. He declined, saying that his low, the low power on his battery on his phone <laughs> that uh, meant that if he disconnected from the charger, etc. What you actually also saw was there was a police officer on the Zoom call and he went partially off screen, picked up a phone, made up made a phone call, and actually the, uh, he got the police to go round to the witness's address. And within minutes, they were there. Um, and uh, and the, the, the accused's um, Zoom call ends abruptly and then comes back on as he's being cuffed uh, and trying to, you know, apologise for what he's done. But anyway, the damage was done. But <clears throat> the big balls here was... This is a prosecutor who wasn't just looking, you know, a, a public prosecutor just looking to go through the motions here or whatever. This yeah. is somebody who was genuinely interested in the well-being of the client and actually picked decided up on all the cues as well. I guess pick, picked yeah, up on picked all up those, on all the cues um, and I'll, you know, non-verbal I'll, I'll be, cues. I'll be fair here, you know, probably uh, or there's there's reasonable. I, I think it would be reasonable to say that the the average male uh, lawyer may not have picked up on those cues. Yeah. Um, they may have just thought, oh, you know, she's nervous or she's you nervous because she can see him on the screen the or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I think I think uh, you know, a real real good chat. But what I think what what I think this comes down to as well is how uh, the internet and even things like Zoom calls, etc. They often say, you know, by by separating everybody out, it makes makes it more um, makes it more safe and secure. You sit here about witnesses giving testimony over video statement over video and things like that. You have to guarantee the security of the environment they're in as well. Um, and this is one case where that security was not um, was not in place, and, and this could have been a real sort of per- perversion of justice. So, yeah, Billy Big Balls, bit of a rant, bit of a, you know, going off on one, but this was uh, brilliant. Um, so, yes. Oh, and also, um, <laughs> Davis, the prosecutor, uh, in, a, in a brilliant coup d'etat here, Davis briefly facepalmed upon the reveal that Harris was at the same location as Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably been moaning the criminal mind, let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was adjourned, um, uh, etc. It was adjourned. Uh, the, the the guy had his bail bond removed. Um, so I believe that means he was um, basically... Recalled to reprimand. jail. Yeah, yeah reprimanded. So he, he, um, so he was facing 10 years anyway, wasn't he? And, and that's before yeah. they now add 
witness intimidation, I guess, to the exactly. to the list of charges. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like I say, the criminal mastermind. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> what did he think was possible? You know, it was going to come out one point or another, you know. Um, it's also one of the problems, I guess, with all these remote court cases at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you're either being intimidated in your own home or you're a cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now that was genius. Yeah, I know we didn't cover that one. I, I, think I am we ran not your cat. I am not that. a cat, Your Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but this is the thing. I think with uh, with lockdown, we've seen a huge spike in uh, domestic abuse. Yeah, uh, that's gone up, and um, also it's. I think you're right that the female um, prosecutor probably is far more in tuned into looking out for signs of abuse and what a victim actually looks like. Yeah. You know, like uh, guys, they, they pretend to be sympathetic and empathetic. But, you know, most people haven't ever experienced anywhere near what a lot of these uh, these ladies go through on an almost daily basis from um, from just general from from what might from what guys might think is general like banter. They they could perceive it as a harassment, intimidation and you know all, all those kinds of things. So it's it's uh, it's uh, we're, we're she's very fortunate in those in that circumstance. But I think it's um, you know just think about how many other cases go on like this on a daily basis that no one really picks up on. Yeah, no, I was talking about. I was going to mention uh, you know this week the uh, the case of the girl Sarah um, Everett who was yes. you know walking home from uh, Clapham. Um, and you know, so it went disappeared, and now you know, sadly, her her body's been found. Uh, but the person involved was not only a police officer, but also previously accused of uh, you know indecent exposure. Um, and there's a lot was, of you know, it wasn't really investigated properly because you know it was a guy. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I thought this was the police force, not the fucking Catholic Church. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there's that that. Um, that it it just opens up that whole thing, you know. Would it have been different if it wasn't, you know, boys looking out for boys, sort of thing? Yeah, um, yeah. Although know. I did hear that um, he'd been hospitalised for injuries incurred whilst in custody. Yeah, don't know. Um, yeah, what that yeah. Means. I don't know whether it's, it's very... like that. Um, do, do you remember years ago? There's a guy who um, tried uh, stealing from a load of marines that had just come back from deployment. Um, and <laughs> they apprehended him, called the police, and uh, while they were waiting for the police or something, he sustained sort of like two broken arms, a broken leg, and like you know, facial injuries caused by falling off the curb while uh, <laughs> while he was waiting for the police to arrive. And uh, you know that was a story that everyone had at the bar. Was... He, he fell off the curb seven times. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of this. This old it was on Channel Four or something a long time ago. It was called Karachi Cops. It was like a documentary, and uh, they showed that the they were interviewing the police, and they're like, there'd, there'd been a crime, and they're like, "Do you know who? The, will you be able to catch it?" It seems like, like, no, don't worry, our investigators are really competent. We'll find someone. We'll find someone. And then the the next scene, you see some some poor guy who's clearly been beaten, and he's like. You know, begging for his life, almost like, "Yes, I did it. I'm sorry, I did it." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's hard, and that happens with um, the case of the not to you know try and get all 
you know open old cases, but that uh, girl in Italy who was accused oh, yes. of was it Amanda something? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 like they immediately arrested like you know four people, uh, and then all of a sudden you know one of them confessed almost immediately, uh, and it happens in other places where where uh, tourism's a, a massive. Um, you know, Thailand and the likes of that, where tourism is really important for the economy, um, they tend to find criminals very quickly, uh, and, and you kind of wonder whether they are to actually show justice. Yeah, to say you know it's safe, you know, no one will ever get away with crimes. But you, you sometimes look at the evidence, and I don't think it would stack up in, in you know in a the, the burden of proof that's needed in the the UK justice system. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, that was uh, our, this week's Billy Big Balls of the Week goes to uh, Deborah Davis, assistant to the prosecuting attorney in Michigan. Billy Big Balls of the Week. Actually, um, just to uh, not offend any of my karate friends, um, I'm sorry if I brought up karate. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So um, the, actually, a few weeks ago, um, there was a video put out by the Karachi cops. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the Karachi is a city in Pakistan, for those unfamiliar. I should have uh, instead some talk, things I'm talking about something crunchy. But um, they are they are deploying a new elite unit. Um, I'll post the video into the show notes. But they are rollerblading yes (laughs) so they are rollerblading cops with guns um in karachi which is in bugs which is not known for having the most rollerblade friendly streets i was gonna say is it not known for its pavements (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah criminals try to get away now watch the video it's highly informative i am you know i'm waiting to see this kind of um skill displayed by police forces all over the world don't criminals use um, like uh, what's it called? The, like the Dalek attack in order to get away from, uh, <laughs> from yeah, the Dalek defense. Yeah, the Dalek the defense. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I meant. Excellent, right. Andy. I think I, I I think I know what time it is. Uh, it is. It is uh, time for us to go to our sources uh, over on probation at the Infosec PA Newswire, as they've been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry news. CETA supply chain breach hits multiple airlines. Industry news. Docker Hub and Bitbucket resources hijacked for crypto mining. Industry news. McAfee faces decades behind bars after fraud indictment. Bullshit. Industry news. NCSE, don't fall for Mother's Day scams this week. Industry news. Microsoft expands coverage of Exchange server patches. Industry news. Most threat analysts banned from sharing threat intel with peers. Industry news. Third of office workers warned after sharing data via unofficial apps. Industry news. Superstar K-pop bands TikTok hacked. Industry news. School boss resigns after porn found on computer. Oh, seriously? Honestly. <laughs> it's so clean. Industry news. And that was this week's... Industry news. I mean, seriously? It... A school boss can afford a porn laptop. Exactly. <laughs> 
But and they the decide VPN. to use one on a school computer, probably. Yeah. Well, that's probably where it was found. Yeah, <laughs> it would help if we read the stories actually. <laughs> well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's not what people listen to. I mean, I mean, come on. I I know that you know when one gets a little horny, the brain starts to act a bit oddly. But but seriously, yeah, it was his work issued computer. Um, just to clarify. What? Yeah. Well well, okay. He he is in Arizona, so let's, oh, let, let's set the uh, bar there. Okay, okay. And okay. he's sixty-seven years old, Tommy Lewis Jr. <laughs> so yeah, he, he was uh, it says Lewis's proclivity for porn was discovered during a random internal security scan run by the <laughs> county's random. IT department. It wasn't random. They knew exactly what they were looking for after they saw well, some of the firewall logs. Well, exactly. It says uh, like the, the their logs uh, blocked over a hundred attempts to access uh, sexually explicit websites. Well, well, uh, let's see. The image was uh, no. Um, I don't want the image. No, 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 no. Uh, the the image flagged by police was found on a flash drive that Lewis had left plugged into his computer. Uh, it depicts a intimate picture of a woman that appears to be upskirt non-consensual. So um, there was that. In a statement, he wrote, I am very sorry and shameful. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to work for you. I wish you the best. Oh, is he gonna, is it he, gets better. Is he going to pray to God? Is he it pray gets to God? better. <laughs> so, go on, go on, Andy. A week after sending his apology, uh, he sent a text message to the county's HR manager requesting the flash drive be returned to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. For sentimental reasons. Well, he's probably like feeling down, so he thought, I know it would cheer me up if I have a little token. (laughs) I need a little bit of post nut clarity. Yeah. Well, at 67 oh, years old, come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, honestly, you want to jack off to things, absolutely fine. I mean, as long as it's ethically produced and all that sort of thing. I mean, we, we kind of begin to comment on the what was actually on there, you know, alleged or otherwise. But you want to do that? That's absolutely fine. But you've got to keep that sort of shit separate. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, welcome to the host unknown um, wanking tips for the professionals <laughs> podcast. It's available for consultancy, school teacher, uh, yeah. Special rates for uh, education Ed- sector. Educational discounts. Stop, stop, stop. I thought this, this might be the insult free episode, but it's definitely not offense free. <laughs> Oh, 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 please say the next three words, somebody, please. Uh, <laughs> Huge, if true. <laughs> oh, oh, we couldn't oh, make this man. stuff up. <laughs> please, Jav, tell me you've got something better. Javad's Weekly Stories. Industry leaders, Javad Malik and Wendy Nather to headline Information Security Magazine Online Summit. Industry pioneers Javad Malik, security awareness advocate at Know Before, and Wendy Nather, head of advisory CISOs at Duo Security Cisco, will be headlining the upcoming Info Security magazine, magazine online <laughs> summit taking place on March 23rd and 24th. Whew. 
how are you an industry pioneer? Uh, well, how are you, you. going to deliver? Is this going to be live, or do you get the chance to pre-record, pre-record it? This is because be live. you are struggling with the word magazine. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you know, this this is such a, a big, you, you don't realise the big deal this is. You know, sometimes there's a show. Do you guys ever remember watching Smallville, the, the Superman? Oh, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. But, I was but, aware of it. Okay, but the, the dad who uh, of Superman in that show was played by one of the guys who was one of the Duke brothers from Dukes of Hazard. Brilliant. Oh, yes. And in, cool one episode, and in one episode... The other brother to, or the other cousin turns up, and they have kind of like a in joke renew, reunion. And oh. he, and the, and he and he brings the dodge ch- uh, ch- challenger, and they go General like, Lee. Bomb- yeah, it wasn't the General Lee; it was a blue coloured oh. one. And they go bombing around the the farm or something, and they have a good time. So it's like if you if you grew up with the Jigs of Hazard, it was like you know a really good thing. So seeing me and Wendy back together again after all these years is similar in my mind at least it, <laughs> yeah. it brings about the same level of excitement <laughs> you're the one coming in onto the video webinar in a blue charger <laughs> that's Just right don't wear tight jeans yeah. uh, <laughs> don't have oh, a confederate God. flag on the roof for god's sake we're not going to survive this <laughs> <laughs> no it's all right if jav does it oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I could wear my Daisy Dukes as well if that makes you feel better. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Oh, thank you. Javad's Weekly Stories. Okay. I think we need to move very quickly on. We do have one more story, and I think it's an absolute doozy. Um, uh, this is a tweet of the week. Yes, it's tweet of the week. Um, so I think, Andy, uh, you've got this one, haven't you? Tweet of the week. And we always play that one twice. Tweet of the week. <laughs> Superb. So this came from a tweet from, um, or it actually came from a tweet of Dr. Jen Golbeck. Um, and she was reminding us how creepy Facebook and other advertisers, uh, but mostly Facebook, um, are. Uh, and I think this is one that you sent around the group chat, potentially. Um, so Dr. Golbeck, she's a really engaging creator on the TikTok platform. Uh, and, and this is <laughs> so, you know, once this tweet came around, I love the fact that you're sending links to Twitter for content that I see via TikTok. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what she, I mean, she just really quickly, really uh, succinctly brings this to life for us. Um, how all these companies just mine data. And, um, you know, one of the articles actually goes on to talk about how it is, uh, you know, people don't want to know. People want to take advantage of the benefits of these platforms but they don't want to know how they get there. Um, and it's, uh, what's that analogy? You know, the, the sausage meat factory, yeah. uh, you know, where people want to eat sausages, but they don't want to see how the sausages are created. Uh, and it's very much people that, you know, use these services. But uh, what I absolutely love about uh, Dr. Goldbeck is not just, you know, she's really engaged in the way she delivers this stuff, but really sort of credible. It's not, you know, like for part two or, you know, uh, buy my X, Y, Z, um, you know, it's just factual, delivered, and she cites sources as well, which you don't often see, uh, you know, links to patents to prove that this stuff is actually happening and, and things like that. Um, but, you know, some of the stories she's covered in recent times, um, you know, the, the US retailer Target uh, knows you're pregnant before you tell anyone. 
and well, this that's was quite a, an old one, actually. It is, it? yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that is an old one. I've seen other... But it, but it's fascinating still, nonetheless. Yeah, how they do that. And that was one of the ones where they're saying that, you know, people will spend those coupons as long as they don't know how Target knew about it. Uh, you know, it's sort of 15-year-old daughter, I think it was, to receive these coupons for right. being pregnant. And, yeah. and the father complained. Yeah, and, and then it uh, turns out that uh, she was actually pregnant. And as a result, Target now seed bad data into their um, into their offers. So it doesn't look so you'll get an advert oh, for, for nappies and you know pregnancy cream or whatever, and then a lawnmower. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just to try and tone it down a bit. Dial yeah, it down. exactly. Because uh, it is it is too accurate, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it's like the audit audit box. Yeah, you got to give them <laughs> yeah. something. You got to give them something. You got to you got to have a coffee stain on a document. Right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but other stories, uh, you know, she covers that. You know, uh, we know about location tracking through Wi-Fi signals. Um, Dan Cuthbert and Glenn Wilkinson did a great talk about this at Forty Four Con, uh, you know, a few years ago. But again, really well presented, put together. Um, the Facebook shadow profiles that we all know about. Uh, you know how even if you haven't set up a Facebook account, the company knows you maintain a shadow profile. Um, other favourite ones of mine, the La Liga, which is uh, the Spanish uh, imitation of uh, the UK's Premier League. Um, they had a football app. Uh, and without telling users, and this is mostly Android users, um, the app would use GPS and microphone access uh, whilst you were watching the game. And they would be able to establish whether you were in a bar watching the game. Uh, and if you were, they'd cross-reference whether that bar had paid for a license to screen the football. <gasps> oh, and uh, yeah, right. then they'd go and find people. Um, the accelerometer, uh, you know, vibrations to speech. So even if your microphone's not on, uh, you know, that the accelerometer on your phone can be used to uh, snoop on, uh, you know, conversations and calls, keywords, things like that. Uh, but the one that uh, got a lot of publicity this week was uh, the talk she did. Um, or, you know, the, the video she posted about how um, Facebook are able to track people. And they've got a patent for this. Um, they may be able to use um, the dust on your camera lenses to identify people you may know, uh, you know, without using GPS or any of the other data that they get in trouble for. Um, so if you take, if I take a photo of you, Tom, and then I take a photo of Jav like two weeks later, Facebook would analyze whether the dust on my camera, you know, on those pictures are the same. And if they are, they would assume that I'm a common person to you two. And therefore, you know, we might, you know, potentially we may know each other. So you uh, would start showing up in, um, you know, Jav's suggestions uh, as people to see. I couldn't think of nothing worse. I know. That's quite amazing. It, it, it's, it's kind of like... Me- so even if you turn off the metadata, the technical metadata, this is kind of like environmental metadata that they yeah they they gather, and uh, it, it's really quite it's really horrible because I don't know if you also remember like uh, from because of the shadow profiles or because of the messenger app going through your contacts, um, there was a story a year or so ago where a psychiatrist was finding that her patients were being recommended to each yeah. other as friends. Uh, because she was a common uh, yeah. connection to them both. And yeah, it was really. But here's here's the thing. So let's say you 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 say in Facebook, and that's because the thing is that nobody knows whether Facebook is actually using this technology or not because Facebook will not comment, no. which tells me that they are. Um, but but um, 
Here's the thing. You say to Facebook and you, you disable all of the things that say, I want to transmit my location. I want you to have access to this, that, the other, etc. Basically, you say, I don't want you to track me. I just want to use Facebook in a very, very vanilla way. Uh, and I take the hit for what that brings. What they're then doing is really not observing and recognizing your wishes because they're just going round it in a different way that you can't change. Yeah. You know, because it's not just dust that distracts. This is, you know, tiny little micro scratches on your on your lens and all, all that sort of yeah. stuff. So things that, you know, yeah, wipe your finger over the lens, great. But that's that doesn't yeah, get probably rid get of... your fingerprint. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But but this this is so so insidious because it's you know, oh, you don't want us to track you. Okay, but we'll track you this way instead. Oh, you don't want to give us access to your microphone because you don't want us to listen into your calls. Okay, we'll use your accelerometer instead. Yeah. You know, which which is something that you don't know about or can or can change, or maybe you can, but you wouldn't know to change. Uh, <clears throat> and it's just so immoral and unethical and just douchebaggy to use the legal term. Tell us how you really feel. Oh, man. It's, yeah, what, I wish we hadn't finished on this one because this would piss me off. What, what's <laughs> really what's really amazing is um, decades and decades of, say, like investigation and law enforcement, and they haven't been able to come up with <laughs> this many new innovations to how to track <laughs> criminals. They're still relying on someone going around dusting down for fingerprints. And um, the, these guys, because obviously they make like 2,000 million a quarter just from advertising alone. So there's incentive. Uh, they, they've got these things. Oh, we can find this to recommend friends to each other. Why don't you use this and sell it to law enforcement to find serial killers or something? Well, but, yeah, but maybe. But the fact is the evidence gathered by those means would be inadmissible because it's illegally gathered. Well, I'm, I'm just saying as a concept. I, I know what Honestly, you mean. You, I you're such a... You're such a you, you can't get any, you, you're almost like having a wife on the show. Honestly, this is like not a wife, my, my wife. It's like, I can't say anything in jest. I can't say anything that's just like locker room banter. I can't say anything that's not one hundred percent accurate. Did you, did you want to insult your mother-in-law while you're at it? <laughs> She's a lovely person. <laughs> That's like a uh, reflex response. That was, wasn't it? That was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she, she, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. She's a lovely person. She just produced a very terrible offspring. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. I was okay. going to say, as, as you said, a no. lovely person. But, but enough. But enough of my brother-in-law. So. <laughs> close. Close recovery. Close recovery. Oh dear me! I think we need to end right there. Tweet of the week. All right, folks, thank you very much for listening. If you have complaints, don't forget um, it's uh, the, 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 it's Javad, basically. <laughs> um, we Andy and I will do our best next week, but, you know, what can we say? He's a force of nature. <laughs> oh, you, you want us to start cutting out more segments every week now, do you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is actually a three-hour show, but, you know... <laughs> Yeah, the, the use of oh, cause strikes again. Yeah, that's right. Jav, thank you very much, sir, as always. I really appreciate it. 
<laughs> it doesn't feel like it, but okay. <laughs> oh, mate. Mate, it's brilliant. Thank you. I hope you have a great weekend. And Andy, thank you very much. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. So I've... um... There's this uh, clubhouse chat group called uh, Council, not Cancel. <laughs> like, you know, so, so it's about actually giving people a chance to apologize and atone for their mistakes rather than, you know, going straight to their employees okay. and saying, uh, you know, how, how uh, you know, these people should be cut off. That's um, fair enough. It is. Well, I'm just saying it's lucky that that's out there because I think, Jeff, you might need it. <laughs> <laughs>